First Peter, the second chapter, we began some weeks ago talking about the offerings of the Lord. Well, let's read his words again here in First Peter 2, 5. He said, you also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. The Amplified says, Come, and like living stones, be yourselves built into a spiritual house for a holy, dedicated, consecrated priesthood to offer up those spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable and pleasing to God through Jesus Christ. Have we been made unto our God kings and priests? Does the Bible teach that? That we are right now and we shall be forever. Well, in order to know what it is we're to do as priests, you'd have to go to the Word to find out what a priest is and what the priests do. And we have a lot of Scripture in Leviticus and in the Old Testament when God established His first covenant with his people and the worship of the tabernacle and the worship of the temple. And you'll find that a whole lot of what the priests did was bring offerings and offer sacrifices. A whole lot of what they did involved the sacrifices, the offerings of the Lord. Well, today as priests, what do we do? We're to offer up, he said, uh, spiritual sacrifices. Now, don't take that and say, well, you know, that just means, people so many times think, well, that means nothing to do with the natural. Oh, no. The spiritual is manifested in the natural. And see, you can do something today. We could come in here and we could offer up our offering of praise, right, and worship, and it could be either spiritual or just carnal, Right? I mean, you could be making sounds, you could be playing and singing and doing things, but depending on where your heart is and whether you do it in faith or whether you do it in love, it would be either just carnal, just fleshly, or it could be a spiritual sacrifice or offering. Well, the same thing with our giving. The same thing with the Bible tells us our whole life is to be an offering to the Lord, right? That we're to offer up our bodies, living sacrifices. Our whole self, living. Well, it's to be a spiritual sacrifice. And if it's to be acceptable and pleasing to God, it would have to not just be something done only in the flesh, but from the Spirit. Right? And with faith, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Here the Bible also said, let me read this to you. You don't have to turn there. But in the book of uh, First Chronicles, he says, Give to the Lord the glory he deserves. Bring your offering and come to worship him. Worship the Lord in all his holy splendor. Are we to bring offerings? We're talking about the offerings of the Lord. Are we as priests unto the Lord to bring offerings unto him today? Yes, we are. Now go with me, if you would, over to the book of Proverbs. In uh, Proverbs, the third chapter, this is a great principle in the Word. Every time I get to thinking about it, it moves me 
deep inside. This is one of the things, uh, there's not too many times you'll see me tear up, but you'll see it on this kind of thing. This thing moves me deep inside, and uh, the further we get into it, you'll begin to see why if your heart's open to it. In Proverbs 3, Proverbs 3, verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Look at verse 9. Honor the Lord. Everybody say, honor the Lord. Say it again. Honor the Lord. One more time. Honor the Lord. But he doesn't just stop right there. Honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruits of all your increase. Now that's not the end. In my Bible's got a colon there, I guess. What is it going to say? So... Shall your barns be filled with plenty, and your presses shall burst out, or as we say in Arkansas and southern Missouri, bust out, busted out with new wine. How many like the sound of this? The Amplified says, honor the Lord with your capital and sufficiency from righteous labors. And with the first fruits of all your income. The NIV says, honor the Lord with your wealth. And with the first fruits of all your crops. How many know, in order to honor the Lord with your wealth, you'd have to have some wealth? Hmm? So this being poor doctrine. Don't agree with this. Right? As with so many portions of scripture. How can you honor God with your wealth and you have no wealth? Now you might say, well, Brother Keith, that makes me feel bad, though, because I'm poor and I don't have any wealth. Yeah, I was there, too. It's not about what you don't have. It's about what you're doing with what you have. And you can receive this truth inside yourself and rejoice over it when you have nothing. And believe that God's not going to leave you at having nothing. But he's going to bring you up to the place where you can honor him. Not just with the words of your mouth. But also with your substance. Oh, are y'all with me today now? Glory to God. Honor the Lord with your substance. Or he said with your capital. With your sufficiency. With your wealth. Honor the Lord with your wealth. I think I could just pace back and forth up here and say that for the rest of the time. And if we got that one thing, it'd change our life. Honor the Lord with your substance. Now, people try to twist scriptures and they try to make them fit what they believe. But you've got to interpret the Bible in the light of other portions of Bible. All of the answers to Bible questions are in the Bible. Right? Don't look anywhere else. Well, what does substance mean in the Bible? I looked it up. I went through and looked at a bunch of them. One of them that stood out to me was over in Job. 
Now, you don't have to turn there. But in Job, the first chapter and the third verse, it said Job's substance. Job's substance was 7,000 sheep and 3,000 camels and 500 yoke of oxen. That'd be 1,000. And 500 she-asses in a very great household. This man was the greatest of all the men of the East. Greatest in what? He specifies. When he says substance, what's he talking about? Well, they didn't have paper currency. They didn't have dollar bills. They had stuff. Right? You wanted to buy something. You didn't show up with paper. You didn't write a check. You showed up with some cows or sheep or goats or gold. Right? Or silver. And this is just one instance. I'm not going to take the time to go through all of them. But place after place after place, when he says substance, that's what he's talking about. Stuff. Wealth. Are we today in this new covenant to honor God with our substance? Can we honor God with our substance? Yes, we can. We're supposed to. But we live in a generation where so many people know hardly anything. About honor. We've lost some things. The last several years. We are still hurting. As a nation. This nation. We're still hurting today. From the rebellion of the 60's. Did you hear me? Actually it really gained momentum in the 50's. And the 60's was the fruit of that. And in the 70's too. And now we've got multiple generations that have grown up knowing nothing about honor and they've taught their children nothing about honor. And you've got children and you've got teenagers and you've got adults who think nothing of getting in an elder's face and back talking. They think nothing of saying and doing stupid things in church. And showing no respect for God, no respect for people. They don't respect their teachers or their coaches or their principals. They don't respect the local civil authorities. They'll say anything in the world about their president. Let me take you to something. In the book of Acts, would you turn over there please? If the Lord allows us at some point. uh, This is Acts 23. I may go into this and just teach this in detail. How many think that'd be good to talk, just talk about the honor of God and just honor as a subject for a while? Because how many understand what I'm saying? We live in a generation that doesn't understand honor. And uh, you will not understand God till you understand this. God is called the God of glory. Right? We talked about glory. Well, you know, we talked about this. The same word sometimes that's translated glory is translated honor. And when you see, you know, for instance, God and what people call the Shekinah glory, what people call the visible glory of God, the bright shining light, the brilliance that we saw in many places in the Bible, what is that? That is a tangible, visible manifestation of his honor. That is his integrity from his insides manifesting outwardly. 
He is so true. He is so honest. He is so pure. He is so faithful. He is so great that his greatness and integrity and truth shines. You can see it. It's not just light. The reason there's light is because there's such honor and truth in him. Whoo, glory to God. Now, you and I are his children. What a contradiction to say that I'm a child of the most high God of glory and I'm not a man of my word. I'm not an honest person. I'm not a person of integrity. What a contradiction. No. When people see you and they see me, they're supposed to see him. Right? Our goal in life is to be just like Jesus. Right? That's right. If you don't believe that, you need to read your scripture again. The Bible said in 1 John 2, 6, He that says he abides in him ought himself also so to walk even as he walked. That's our call. That's our destiny. Walk, live, talk just like Jesus. Had a fellow tell me one time, he said, well, you're just trying to act like Jesus. I said, I thought that was the plan. That's the idea, right? Who else are you going to try to be like that's better? There is no other example greater or better. Well, notice what, if we're going to be just like Jesus, notice what he said toward the end of his earthly ministry in life. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Why? Hebrews talks about the brightness of his glory and his image is manifested and the fullness of God is manifested in Jesus. When you see him, you see the Father. What You see his integrity. You see his heart. You see his love. You see his truth. But what about us? When people look at us, they should see integrity. They should see honesty. They should see truth. No deception. No craftiness. No subtlety. No manipulation. Did you hear me? A lie ought to be one of the most abominable things to us in all creation. Come on, friends, now. Are you with me on this? I said a lie ought to be one of the most hated, one of the most despised things to us in creation. Now, the more you get to know God, the more you'll be this way. The Bible said he hates a lie. That's a strong word. He's the one that used it. He hates it. Why? Because it is so contrary to who he is. How many understand God is omnipotent? What does that mean? All powerful. Is that right? But there are some things he can't do. Hmm? What's one of them? It is impossible, the Bible said. Now that's a strong word. If you're talking about God, to say it's impossible for God to do so, that's a big statement, but he's the one that said it. It's impossible for God to what? Lie. Why? If he ever lied, he wouldn't be God anymore. That's how foreign lying and deception is from God. God has never been, never ever will be a partner to any degree of deception or falseness ever, ever. Love the truth and you're loving God. Now notice in Acts, we're talking about honor. Acts 23, Paul has been... uh, 
actually taken into custody. He's in chains. And he's presented before the council. Acts 23. Paul earnestly beholding the council, he said, Men and brethren, I have lived in all good conscience before God till this day. And the high priest, Ananias, commanded them that stood by him to smite him on the mouth. You ever been smitten on the mouth real hard? Whew. How's it make you feel? Oh, man. Yeah. I don't care who you are, who you think you are. You get hit real hard in the mouth, you have all kind of thoughts and all kind of feelings. Now, you don't have to act on them, but you'll have them. And Paul spoke up. He said, God is going to slap you. God's going to hit you, you white wall. You sit there to judge me after the law and command me to be smitten contrary to the law? Well, it didn't feel good. And they that stood by said, do you revile God's high priest? In other words, you talk to God's high priest like that? Now get this, get this. Then said Paul, I wish not. Now that means I didn't know. I knew not, brethren, that he was the high priest. For it is written, you shall not speak evil of the ruler of your people. What is That's basically a public apology. Right? Why? Is he understood honor? Oh, friends, we have so much to learn in this area. A lot of folk could say, well, he don't deserve to sit up there. That makes no difference. He's there. Did you hear me? Your mother and your father have to do nothing to earn your respect as the place of mother and father. Did you hear me? God could have used somebody else, but he didn't. Now, you do not have to respect, you do not have to appreciate everything a person says or does. But you must respect the place God has given them in your life, or elsewise you disrespect God himself. People are human. They can do stupid stuff. This man here, he's not right. He's not thinking right. He's not godly. He's abusing his position, isn't he? He's not a godly man, obviously. But when Paul realizes this is God's high priest, he's sitting in this place. Basically, he said, I'm sorry. I didn't realize it. Because it is written, you don't speak evil of the ruler of your people. Well, then why do people feel completely free to say all kind of things against our president? I don't care who's in there. If it's somebody from the party you didn't vote for, if it's somebody who you don't believe in, once they're there, they're there. If God didn't want them in, he could have prevented them getting in. Did you hear me? Now they are your president. What do you do? You pray for them. You believe for them. You honor them. When you talk about them with other people or when you have anything to do with them. And see, children don't see this in their parents. That's why they feel free to say all kind of junk about their teachers and about their coaches and about their principal and about everybody else. Why? When you don't learn it as a child, then you don't know it as an adult. But I don't care if you're 80 years old. It's not too late to learn. Right? Right? 
respect. You don't talk bad about your wife in front of your children. You don't talk bad about your husband in front of the children. You don't talk bad about your spouse in front of somebody else. You don't make them a joke at the party. Did you hear me? Now, this is not just my words. Does the Bible teach that the wife should honor and respect the husband? Does the Bible teach that the husband should honor the wife? Yeah, Ephesians and First Peter. Right? Are we taught to honor our elders? I don't care what they do. You might not be able to respect everything they do, but you must respect that place that they have. Right? And one way that you honor people is you don't point out their mistakes. A person who has honor and understands these things, a lot of times they'll look right at something and act like they didn't even see it. Why? Because I'm not their judge. Right? And even if they need to be corrected, you need to realize a lot of times it's not my place to correct them. Maybe they do, but it's not my place. They're an elder to me. It's not my place. God wants to correct them. He knows how. There's somebody he can use, but I know it ain't me. It's not my place. Everybody say honor. honor. Now I'm just giving you a taste of these things because what are we talking about today? We're talking about the offerings of the Lord. And the Bible said we are to honor the Lord with our stuff. This is a vast difference from just showing up and throwing something in the plate. How many know you could put a big offering in the plate and actually dishonor God? Hmm? You know, if somebody came in and said, well, I just wish y'all would shut up talking about all these projects you're believing for. I'll just write you a check if you're shut up. No, we don't want your check. I don't care if it's $10 million. I'm serious. No. No. Why? Because we know, not everybody might know, but we know God wouldn't receive that offering. I don't care if you put it in the plate or not. He doesn't receive it. And so if he doesn't, then his ministers, his representatives shouldn't either. Because we represent him. God cannot be bought. Right? God cannot be paid off. God cannot be influenced with stuff. So his representatives shouldn't be either. And it ain't just me that's his representative. You are his representative. Every day on your job. Where you work. Can you be bought? That was too weak. Because a lot of people, they believe that everybody has their price. But concerning you, that ought not be true. You do have a price, but somebody already bought and paid the price for you. And so you belong to him. You already bought and paid for, so I can't be bought. Right? Say it out loud. I've already been bought and paid for. I can't be bought with money. Say it out loud again. I can't be bought with money. I've been bought with blood. I can't be bought with money. Amen. Now, honor the Lord, how? With your substance. Now, people try to, you know, in our modern generations and society, when you mention honor, people automatically and sometimes only think of honoring with words. Don't they? 
honor so-and-so. And they think, well, let's have them stand up and we'll make a big deal about them. We'll say, oh, they're a great person and they've done all these things. We honor them. But in the Bible, again and again, when it talks about honoring somebody, it's talking about money. It's talking about stuff getting in your pocket, doing things materially. And here it's inescapable. Honor the Lord, not with your words, but what? With your substance. Now go with me over to the Gospels, please. Let's look at a couple of these real quickly. Matthew 15. Thank you, Lord. Matthew 15, verse 3. Jesus is talking. He answered and said to them, Why do you also transgress the commandment of God by your tradition? Is that still an issue today? That people hold their traditions above the word. It's a huge deal. And we're not to judge anybody. We need to make sure we don't do it. Because everybody's got traditions. I know people like to think they don't, but they do. Oh, yeah. Some of your mainline denominations that's been around a long time, sure, they got traditions. But the so-called charismatics and Pentecostals, they got traditions, right? So-called word of faith folks, they got traditions. And you have to watch. Some traditions are okay. You know, Paul talked about traditions that he had left them. Of course, it was based in the word. But he's talking about traditions of men that's actually contrary To the word of God. So that people ignore the word. In order to keep a tradition. Now that's bad. How many agree that's bad? That's costing a lot of people. Now he gives Jesus. Now remember who's talking here. Who's talking? The master. He gives a specific example. Of what he's talking about. What they were doing. He said God commanded. Didn't suggest. Didn't say try this. He said he commanded saying, Honor your father and mother. And he that curses father or mother, let him die the death. Do you see how far we as a people, we've gotten away from honor? Under the Old Testament, which was not grace, it was law. But under the Old Testament, if you cussed your mother or daddy, you died. You were executed. Did you know that? And it was righteous. Legally, it was a right thing to happen. God's the one who instituted it. And I mean, that sounds bizarre to people today. Why? Because they don't understand how serious honor is. How serious it is. See, what people didn't realize is... uh, If you would get in your mama's face or your daddy's face and cuss them, you have just done that to God. You have no respect for God. A person who honors God would never do such a thing. Your honor for God or lack of it is revealed exactly in how you deal with people. Exactly. 
He said, the Bible said, God commanded, said, honor your father and mother. He that curses father or mother, let him die the death. But you say, whoever will say to his father or mother, it is a gift, but whatsoever you mightest be profited by me and honor not his father or mother, he shall be free. Thus have you made the commandment of God of none effect by your tradition. Now what's he saying? He said, They'll say to his father or mother, it's a gift, or all of my resources are dedicated to God, Corban, to the temple, and so I am released from doing anything financially or materially for mama and daddy. He said, you have done away with the word. You've replaced the word with the tradition of yours. Now, what I'm saying is here, how did Jesus interpret honor your father and mother? He interpreted it as doing for them financially and materially. And if you read the Old Testament and come all the way through into the New, you have to come to the same conclusion again and again. Honor so-and-so. They honored so-and-so. There was always money involved. Not just words. This is another reason why you should be believing to be prosperous. Right? You ought to do some things for your parents. Right? Send them a check every month. Yes, you know. Send mama a check. She wants to just blow it on hats. Or shoes. Huh? Help mom and daddy get in a better house if they need to. Help mom and daddy get a car. Right? You must say, well, my mom and daddy, you know, they don't believe right about everything. You ain't been listening at all, have you? It's not because of what they do or don't do. It's who they are to you. God chose that. That'll never change. And in honoring that, you honor God. In failing to honor that, you're choosing not to honor God. That's the kind of thing he's talking about. You know, the Bible talks about uh, honoring widows that are widows indeed. We've just been reading about that, haven't we, recently? I think I only heard two yeses. <laughs> Didn't we recently read in First Timothy? Hmm? Because everybody at Faith Life Church reads their chapter... Every day, Monday through Friday. Everybody knows that. And we just read in 1 Timothy 5, the Amplified says, Treat with great consideration and give aid to those who are truly widowed, solitary, and without support. And then later on in the same chapter, he said, Let the elders who do good work as leaders, let them be considered worthy of double honor. The English says, receive double pay. I'm just saying every time that the Bible talks about honor, you know, almost every time, you see the idea of resource material. That's why he says it so specifically. Honor the Lord with what? Your substance and with the first fruits of all your increase. So when we come in here and we hold up our offerings before the Lord, it should be with faith, it should be with love, and we should be doing what else? Honoring God. Honoring him. And you know you honor the Lord's debt with me before. There's been different ones of our elders. I know uh, some years ago. You know we were traveling with Brother Hagin so much. 
And uh, he had a truck that he drove, and the thing was, was it 15 years old, I guess? And I'd talk to him once in a while. I'd say, you know, Dad, we all called him Dad. I said, Dad, why don't you get you a new truck? He said, oh, that one's fine. And I said much about it. He said, no, I said it's fine. Well, that's the end of it, you know. <laughs> but another six months had passed by, and it'd come up, and I'd say, well, Dad, you know, boy, they got some nice new ones out now, you know, uh, a lot more comfortable and a lot nicer. And he said, no, this one's fine. And so that's it. This happened for three or four years. Well, we were at a meeting, and uh, Brother Ronnie Sims was there. He's going home to be with the Lord now. And Brother Reggie Scarborough. We were all sitting at the table, and I brought it up in front of them. And, uh, and Reggie said, yeah, Dad, why don't you? He said, oh, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. And then uh, Brother Ronnie said, well, yeah, Dad. And I looked at them. I said, why don't let's just get him one? And, uh, boy, they like that. And so us three, we put in together and bought him a brand new Lexus. The SUV, the big one, you know. I mean, this thing had gold wheels and and trim and everything. And, oh, he enjoyed it. Man, he enjoyed that thing. Well, what were we trying to do? He's our father in the faith. So much of what we learned about the things of God, we learned through his ministry. Right? We're not just trying to make much of the flesh of a man. We're thanking God for the gift. Right? I've had the Lord deal with me to look up people that had blessed me in times past. Find where they are. Find where they live. And go find them. And I remember one fellow, he was a, a, actually a high school teacher of mine. And he encouraged me in uh, public speaking. Little did I know <laughs> that I'd be standing up speaking to you, you know, today. He really encouraged me. And there were times we were poor, you might say. And there were times we went out on trips and competing in our public speaking stuff. And he'd pull money out of his pocket and give me for lunch and for food and that kind of thing. Encouraged me. He's a black man. And during those days, there was a lot of unrest concerning uh, uh, racism in the South. And he handled some things very honorably. Other people could have got bent out of shape about and, and got bitter about, but he didn't. He was a ma- good Christian man. We prayed in his class every day. <laughs> no, he didn't care. Every morning, we pray and honor God. And you didn't wear your shirt tail out in his class. I mean, you had to have that shirt tail tucked in, and you had to look like something and act like something. And, uh, you know, as a kid, you don't realize how much that matters to you. But after growing up for a while and learning something about the things of God, so I went back and found him. took a little while, but I found where he was at. He's retired by this time. I asked him, could I come see him? He said, oh, yeah, yeah, please, come see me. So I came, and we sat on the porch and talked a while, and... I looked at his cows and, and we did some other things. And before I got ready to leave, I said, uh, called his name. I said, uh, I thank God for you. You know, you were a real blessing to me uh, in that developmental part of my life. You showed love and honor when you were attacked because of your race. You were good to me, even though I was a different color from you. And you blessed me and you encouraged me in something that is a tool uh, in what God's called me to do today. And uh, I said, thank you. And then I had a well, the nicest watch that I owned. The Lord dealt with me. Take it off and put it on his wrist and hug him and thank him again. And I did. We both stood there and cried. 
It wasn't a year or so after that he went home to be with the Lord. But what's that about? Is that about a watch? No, no. What's it about? But how about the nicer watch you could use is going to portray more what you got in your heart? Is that right? I mean, isn't this what the woman was doing that took the alabaster box of ointment? Wasn't that what she was doing? And she took it. It was the most precious, the most expensive thing she had. And you know, the Bible tells if you look it up and do a little math, this thing's worth probably, it said, a year's wages. Well, it depends on what you make, but we're talking about what? 20, 30, 40, 50,000 dollars. It depends on what you make, but it's a chunk. And she took it and broke it and dumped the whole thing on his feet. This is not a watch he could wear and enjoy for years. This is not clothes you could wear. I mean, your feet smell really good for a little while. And it's gone. And that's why even some of his own disciples didn't understand honor. Did they? Judas was the main one to speak. And he said, ha, ha, this is a waste. You just dump, you know, 30 grand on this preacher's feet. We could have used that to help the poor. We could have used that for evangelism. You ever heard that kind of thing before? These are people who have no understanding of honor. Do they? What did Jesus say? If Jesus is the way some people think he is, he would have corrected the woman, wouldn't he? He would have said, woman, haven't I taught you better than this? Haven't I taught you? You don't waste money like this. No. What do you say? Basically told him to shut up. He said, you leave her alone. She's done a good thing. She's done what she could. What's she doing? She wants to honor the Lord. Her brother was cold and dead. And he's sitting at the table. Hallelujah. Her life has been changed by the power of God. She loves God. She wants to honor God. Every time you and I come in this place or go into any other service or anywhere we go anytime, we should be ready to honor God. Yes, with our words. Yes, with our life. But with our stuff. With our substance. Can you say amen? Now go with me over to the Old Testament. In 2 Samuel, 2 Samuel 23, you know, I mean, we have some nice stuff. And I've had people want to talk bad to me or about me. Uh, You know, look at that preacher, what he has, what he wears, what he drives, how he lives. But you know, just, you know, somebody gave me this ring. If I hide that ring, if I say, oh, no, 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 that's too flashy, uh-uh, what will people think? They may think I'm stealing offerings or something. Yeah. What did I do? I dishonored the giver, yeah. right? Yes, Why did they give that to me? Because they love me. They believe in me. They want to bless me. Right? We got a a new truck. A new navigator we drive. Y'all gave it to us. Right? Should I be embarrassed to pull it up in front of a place? In a new 
new navigator. If I don't use it, if I hide it, I dishonor you. Do you understand this? This is important. No. Not only do I drive it, Steve and different ones help me to keep the thing clean. I want it to shine. Right? Hmm? Somebody said, whoo, that's new, ain't it? Yeah, yeah. Our people gave us that. Because you're not just honoring me, who you're honoring? God. God. And that's not just with preachers, that's with any child of God, with any work of God. We've got to think right about these things. I told you about this man that I went to honor. We gave him the best watch I had. He took it. It blessed me that he received it. There's been other times I tried to do things for people. They wouldn't receive it. There's been times people said, you know, I remember a similar situation. I tried to give a man a nice watch. And he knew it was very expensive. And he said, no, I can't take that. I said, sure you can. You just open your hand and I'll put it in there and you close it. And you have it. <laughs> he said, well, I can't pay you back. I said, it's not a loan. It's a gift. It's got nothing to do with paying back. He said, well, yeah, but, you know, these that's so expensive. I just, I'm not comfortable wearing something like that. Now, see, he's telling things about his insides that he didn't really want you to know. He's revealing something. Because the reason I'm doing it, I didn't just dream it up. The Lord dealt with me. Sent me over there. Why? The Lord's trying to bless the man. Encourage him. And you know, sometimes just getting one nice thing will open your mind up to the whole world of nice things. The Lord said this to me, and I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit. I'm going to talk to you more about it as time goes on here. He said, when you hold on to your old things, you hold yourself in the old place. When you hold on to your old things, you hold yourself in the old place. Do you know what the Lord's saying in that? Do you understand that? I've seen it in our life. You know, uh, if you're unwilling to give your good stuff, if you're unwilling to give your best, and you just hold on to it till it's totally wore out, you have a spirit of poverty about you. Did you hear me? And you won't turn loose of something because you're afraid you won't get it back, or you won't get as good, or you won't get better. So you're in fear, and you're unbelief, and you don't have the vision and the faith that you need to have. Oh, but the liberal soul, the Bible said, shall be made fat. And the liberal soul, I mean, wear it one time and give it away. Still have the tags on it and just sew it and be glad. Best thing you got. And sew it knowing there's a lot more where that came from. And when you don't hold on to the old stuff, when you sew it, it opens up your spirit for you to come into the new stuff. You to come into the bigger stuff. And there's times when the Lord will do. I know Phyllis, the finest ring that she had, the finest piece of jewelry that she had some years ago, the Lord dealt with her. We were in a meeting, and I had given it to her. And she said, the Lord's dealing with me to sow this to this minister's wife. Is that okay with you? I said, yeah. You know, we don't have anything that we can't sow. 
I have nothing. Don't give me something and tell me you can't give it away. <laughs> I won't take it under those conditions. Uh-uh. Well, I don't have anything that we're unwilling to sow. And I said, yeah, absolutely. The Lord does with you to do it. Just make sure it's him. And if you know, do it. Well, she did. Come to find out, they were going through a rough time. Come to find out, she was thinking about quitting on some things. And she's looked at that and she knew what kind of ring it was to Phyllis. And it ministered to her that God knew where she was at and God cared about her. Why would God move on Phyllis to do that? It sustained her. She told her years later, it did something inside her. How many understand this ain't about a ring? This is much more than a ring. And it helped her into some bigger things. It's just a physical thing that's a point of contact. To express love, to express faith. And we can do that not just with each other. We can do that with God on a regular basis. We honor him with our substance. We honor each other. And how many know the Lord said, Inasmuch as you've done it unto the least of these, my brethren, you have done it to me. He takes it personally like you did it to him. Isn't that right? Have you found uh, 2 Samuel? You're ahead of me. In 2 Samuel, we see more than one place. We see David and how he served God and how he obeyed God. And David was called by God a man after my own heart. And one of the things you'll see about him is he is a man of honor. A man of integrity. Like I said, I get to talking about these things and it touches me deep inside. Because you begin to get insight into the core of God. Who he is on the inside. David had this about him. That's why God said he is a man after or like, takes after my own heart. Like my own heart. You remember Saul trying to kill him, right? And David could have killed him a couple of times specifically. I mean, they're running every day for their life. They're fugitives away from their families and homes and lived a rough life for years. And David's men said, he said, I'm not going to kill him. They said, well, we will just stand back. One lick, we'll get him. He said, no, you won't. They said, why? He said, he's God's anointed. We're talking about a demon-possessed man. Is that right? A demon-possessed man. How could you call him God's anointed? Because God chose the man. And God's anointing had been on the man. And no matter, you may not be able to respect everything the man is saying and doing now, but you must respect that place. Or else why you're not respecting God. He said, no. One time, you know, he thought, well, I'll just show him how close he was. He took a knife and cut off a part of his robe. And then when they were a safe distance, they yelled at him and said, hey. He said, is that you, David? He said, yeah. See this right here? (laughs) And the Bible said afterwards, David's heart smote him. Why? Because that wasn't the kind of honor 
His heart smote him. He thought, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have cut his robe. I don't care if he's acting like the devil himself. I don't care if he's trying to kill me. He's still God's anointed. Right? Do you see this? Now here's something to me that really portrays this. In this 23rd chapter of 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel 23. The Bible talks about David's men who were under him. You talk about some men. You know, there's one thing I thank God. Phyllis uh, has said this more than once. It's true, and I thank God. You see some churches, and they don't have many men. You know? The women are, are having to believe God and try, you know, having to take uh, the lead for spiritual things because the man won't even come to church, won't do anything, just sit at the house or sleep in. I'm looking at a bunch of men this morning, though. I thank God for you. Men. How many believe men ought to be men? Men of God. Strong. Yes, kind, but strong. Boy, these men were lions. Man. He talks about their exploits. There wasn't no sitting in the tank and pushing a button. Back in these days, brother. I mean, you took a blade and you got in their face. And it tells about their exploits. Look in Second Samuel 23, 8. 23, 8, Second Samuel. These be the names of the mighty men. Yeah, mighty men. Whom David had. The Tachmanite that sat in the seat, chief among the captains, the same was Adino. The Esnite, he lift up his spear against 800 whom he slew at one time. Sounds like a fairy tale. One on one with 800 and you win. Man, that blows all the action movies I ever saw. Right, right on me. I never saw a guy take on 800 and win. This is not fairy tale. And after him was Eleazar, the son of Dodo. I bet you wouldn't call him a Dodo. (laughs) If you wanted to keep your head. One of the three mighty men with David, and when they defied the Philistines that were gathered together to battle, and the men of Israel were gone away. In other words, the whole bunch had left. They ran. He arose and smote the Philistines until his hand was weary and his hand clave to the sword. Stuck to the sword and the Lord brought a great victory that day and the people returned after him only to spoil. One man held them all off and pushed them all back until the other guys came back and all that was left for them to do was gather the spoil. Mm. But now notice this. These were whose men? David's mighty men. Why were they that way? He was that way. Everything produces after its own kind. Why was he that way? His God is that way. Fearless. Hallelujah. Fearless. Full of faith. Full of integrity. They didn't understand surrender. Does this do anything for you? I'm telling you this. Mm. 
Glory to God. The Bible said, verse 11, after him was Shammah, the son of Agi, the Hararite. The Philistines were gathered together into a troop where was a piece of ground full of lentils. And the people fled from the Philistines. He stood in the midst of the ground and defended it and slew the Philistines and the Lord wrought a great victory. My, my. How many know there's times when you've got to stand up for your bean field? <laughs> huh? You gotta say, hey, it's my bean field. God gave me this bean field. I don't care if there's a thousand of you. Uh uh-uh. uh. God's bigger than you are. He's with me. Now look at this, verse 13. And three of the thirty chief went down and came to David in the harvest time unto the cave of Adullam. And the troop of the Philistines pitched in the valley of Rephaim. David was then in a hold, and the garrison of the Philistines was then in Bethlehem. And David longed and said, Oh, that one would give me drink of the water of the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. And the three mighty men broke through the host of the Philistines and drew water out of the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate, and they took it, and they brought it to David. Now, do you hear what just happened now? Did you get this? Mm. I may start crying on you. David didn't give them an order. Did he? He didn't send them. He didn't send a troop. He was standing there and he looked out across there and he said, man, I'd like to have a drink from that well. When you love people, you love people with the love of God and you want to honor God's chosen and God's people. This includes your own spouse, right? And your own friends with the honor of God. Their wish matters to you. A desire that you hear is to you an instruction to act. Did you get that? They didn't wait till he said something, you know, let's take a troop. No, they looked at each other. Oh, these are men. Oh, these are men. These are men's men. These are God's men. One of them looked at the other one and said, did you hear that? He said, yeah, I heard it. The other one said, what are we waiting on? He said, not me. You got your gear? Yeah, I got mine. We can do it. Yeah, we can do it. Let's pray. They broke through the enemy lines. Going and coming. Three men. They went through. And I guess two of them were fighting while one of them was drawing. (laughs) They had to fight their way in there. They had to fight while they were by that well. And they had to fight their way back out. Now, there are two sides to this. One is what we've already said. A man of God, a woman of God, somebody that God's put in your life, a desire of theirs should matter to you. should be almost like a command to you. It was to them. On the other hand, leaders have to watch. As things develop like this, they have to watch what they say. 
I know there's some places myself. Some places I go, I have to watch what I say. Because if I say it, it'll be there that afternoon. <laughs> so I have to watch. So there's two sides to this. I don't think he had any idea they would try to do this. He's just looking out the window going, man, I'd like to have a drink of that water. And here they broke out. They made it back. It's obvious this was of God. How many know you don't do these kind of things without God protecting you and seeing you through? So see, is God pleased with this kind of thing? Not only did he enable them to do it, protect them, get them in, get them out, he had it recorded for all time. Why? Because this is who God is. This kind of honor, this kind of integrity is who he is. They came and knocked on the door. David's servant or whoever came and told him who it is. He said, yeah, let him in. They came in there. I imagine they looked pretty rough. Probably a lot of blood. Maybe some scratches or something. I don't know. But anyway, they, they said, uh, oh, king, we have a present. He said, yeah. They smiled. And he said, give it here. Held up this container of water. He said, uh, well, thank you. Uh, I got water. They said, not this kind. He said, uh, what do you mean? Oh, king. We drew this water from Bethlehem well for you. Would you please receive it? He said, from the well on the other side of the enemy lines. Yes, sir. Notice what happened next. They took it. They brought it to David, verse 16. Nevertheless, he would not drink thereof. But poured it out to the Lord. And he said, be it far from me, O Lord, that I should do this. Is not this the blood of the men that went in jeopardy of their lives? Therefore he would not drink it. These things did these three mighty men. Now people who don't understand honor will get aggravated with that. Wouldn't they? They'd say... What? These men jeopardize their life? They go in there and get that and bring it out and he poured it out? These men were not offended. I said, these men were not offended. They understood what was going on. What did David say? He took that water. He said, guys, you honor me. He said, but this is, this is like your lifeblood. He said, this is too precious for me to drink. I want us to give it to the Lord. See, we don't see that kind of honor in our society today. We don't hear these kind of things. But we will. We're starting. You're starting. I'm starting. We're going to preach these things. We're going to teach these things. Most importantly, we're going to live these things. Not just when we're at church. We're going to teach our sons and daughters. Hmm? We're going to teach our sons and daughters that honor is strong. Now, did you get this? Honor is stronger than fleshly desire. 
I don't care how thirsty he was or how much he would have liked to have had a sip of this, his honor is stronger. And when young men and women have this kind of honor, see the Bible said that we are to possess our vessel in what? In honor and sanctification. They won't get involved in wrong sexual activities. They won't get involved in lying and stealing. They won't get involved in illegal things. Why? Not because of mom and daddy. Not just because of the church. Because of their honor to God. They'll be strong. And what kind of men will these boys make? What kind of women will these girls make? Oh, glory to God. Does this do anything for you? I'm telling you, you get a glimpse into the heart of God. You get to see something into his very character. The honor of God. Why do we say all this? What did he tell us to do? Honor the Lord with your substance. Other translations said your sufficiency, your capital, your wealth. And is there a blessing that goes with that? Now think about this. He said, honor your father and mother. Didn't Ephesians say it is the first commandment with a promise? What? That it may go well with you and you may live long on the earth, do you see why a lot of people are not? They don't honor their parents. They don't honor their leaders. They don't honor their pastors. They don't honor God. And it's not going well with them. And they're dying young on the earth. There is a blessing that goes with his hand in hand with this. He said, honor the Lord with your substance. And with the first fruits of all your increase, so shall your barns be filled with plenty. Your store places. One said will overflow. Your barns will overflow. And your presses will burst out with new stuff. Hallelujah. How many like the busting out and overflowing? Does that sound like the abundant life that Jesus came to give us? But can you separate it from what we've been talking about? Or can you separate it from honor? No, the honor comes first. Honor the Lord. So shall. Your barns be filled with plenty. Stand on your feet, please. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.